Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Andy. Hi, everybody. When you said the highlight of the evening, I thought you meant chips. Do you know? Let's do it. Uh, It's really nice to be here and to be with you. Let's pray. Come on, let's pray together. Lord, we bless your name. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come around your word. Lord, you've ordained it for the sake of freedom. And I thank you that your word says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And Lord, we're asking that this would be an exercise in the supernatural, that Holy Spirit, you would come and illuminate your word. Use me in my frailty, Lord. Frankly, Lord, in my just <laughs> Patrick Dobbinness, Lord, break through, shine through the, the clay vessel, Lord, and let the people here hear what you want them to hear. That's my prayer tonight. Let the people hear from you. In the name of Jesus, God help me uh, and, and bless them in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Folks, tonight I want to talk to you about what to do when your strength is gone. What to do when your strength is gone. And uh, I'll be going to Genesis chapter 21. You can turn there if you like. Um, God has kept Hagar on my heart. Last time I was with you, um, just sharing the word, uh, it, it was Genesis 16, and I was looking at Hagar, and um, uh, I was looking at the, the God who sees, and that amazing revelation Hagar got when she ran prematurely from a situation God actually wanted her to stay in. For, for, for just a little bit longer. But when we get to Genesis chapter 21, actually it's time for Hagar to depart. Uh, there's uh, more drama, amen, more drama. And uh, Hagar, unfortunately, uh, uh, Isaac, the child of promise, uh, Abraham, Abraham and uh, Sarah's child is now roughly 13. And he's just at that stage where, um, I don't know if it was his bar mitzvah, whatever was going on culturally at the time. But uh, Hagar thought it was funny. Hagar found something funny about the uh, situation, her and Ishmael. And uh, that was it. That was the straw that broke the camel's back for Sarah. And she said, that's it, Abraham, send them out of the tents. And Abraham's heart was broken, uh, but he did what his wife said. Can you say happy wife, happy life tonight? (laughs) Amen. And can I be honest as well? If your wife tells you to put your mistress out and that's all she says, and she doesn't throw you out as well, I think you're doing really well. Amen. <laughs> that's a spirit of compromise tonight. Amen. There's some shocked faces in the sanctuary. Blame it on my lack of sleep. Hallelujah. So let's go. Genesis chapter 21. I'm going to read from uh, verse. I'm going to read from verse. 14. So Abraham arose early in the morning and took bread and uh, took a flask of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child. So she was carrying her son and she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the child under one of the bushes and she went and sat down opposite him a good way off about the distance of a bow shot. For she said, let me not look upon the death of the child. And she sat opposite him and lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy and the angel of God 
called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, hallelujah, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. So important, where he is. Verse 18, up, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with a bow. He lived, uh, he lived in the wilderness of Paran and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. Hallelujah. Praise God for his word tonight. You know, a lot of us are tired. A lot of us are at that place where our strength is gone. And if you're not, maybe you've been there before. And if you're not familiar with what I'm saying, it'll come. Amen. Life has a way of wearing you out. Um, in particular tonight, I want to talk to you if you're trying to carry things that you actually don't have the strength to carry anymore. I want to look at that in particular. That's a particular kind of tiredness. You're trying to carry things that you no longer have the strength to carry. And maybe like Hagar, you're wandering in a wilderness tonight. Maybe it's a wilderness of anxiety. Maybe it's a wilderness of fear. And uh, maybe your strength is nearly gone. The scriptures say that she had a cask or a flask of water. And the water, the reservoir of water ran out. And uh, I'm going to look at that as a picture of our strength tonight. Maybe you're here under the sound of my voice and you're saying, I can't bear this anymore. I can't carry this any longer. I'd like to speak to you tonight. And uh, just a quick overview of the message, what to do when your strength is gone. I want to encourage you tonight, firstly, not to fear letting go. It's just the beginning. Hallelujah. Letting go is just the beginning. And then I want to look at God's river of compassion. Hallelujah. And there are two R's I want to look, look at tonight. And uh, I'm not going to give you a complete spoiler alert and tell you what the R's stand for. We'll work our way through. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's do it. Um, Genesis 21. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the child under one of the bushes. Then she, she went and sat down opposite him a good way off about the distance of a bow shot. Folks, I want you to think about what this must have been like for this woman. The internal battles she was dealing with, the rejection, the fear, the worry, the anxiety. She's carrying a flask of water that's getting lighter and a child that's getting heavier. Uh, can you imagine it? And the Bible says she got to a point, a breaking point, and she put her son under a bush about a bow shot's distance away from where she eventually sat to watch him. Now, a bow shot is about 300 to, it's about 300 to 500 meters. She put the boy far enough away so that she could see him, but I think that it was also far enough away so that she couldn't see the pain, she couldn't see the anguish. You know, sometimes we put distance between the things that we love because we can't quite see. We don't want a close-up of what people are going through. I think about the prodigal son. I don't think the father needed to see what his son got up to in a foreign land full of wild and wasteful living. But his son, his, the father still stood and looked from a distance in search of his son. This was no little thing 
folks. This was no little thing. And she said, let me not look on the death of the child. And she wept and she lifted up her voice. Yet, tonight, I believe the Holy Spirit wants you to know that you shouldn't fear letting go. Isn't it wonderful? That even in a situation like that, it is just the beginning. Let me show you. When the water was gone, she put him under a bush. Hagar's well, if you like, had run dry. There's two wells in this passage. The well Hagar was carrying and the well that she discovered, but her strength was gone. The well, the flask of water, like we just mentioned, is a picture of strength. She no longer had the reserves to carry the burden of her situation. Does that sound familiar? She put down what she could no longer carry. And folks, tonight I want to say this to you. Sometimes the things we love, amen, the most are the heaviest burdens. It's true, isn't it? Sometimes the things we love the most, and maybe, maybe I'll speak to parents right now. There is nothing like the burden of a child. There's nothing like the burden of a child, a son, a daughter, carrying the future of their, carrying the anxiety and the worry and the burden of their lives and their futures. When we have kids, it's like we are signing up to a lifetime of worry. Amen? Not all of you are just chilling out. I'm the only one worried about my kids. My, my, only one of my kids can walk. Literally, one of my kids won't go anywhere or do anything unless I literally pick them up. And I'm still worrying. When we love something, we carry the burden of its future. It's the truth. It's the truth. Maybe it's not a child. Maybe it's a situation. Maybe it's something you're invested in. Maybe it's something you care about. Whatever it is, it is hard to put down the burden of something we love and care about. If you care about the outcome of something, you will carry a worry or fear over the future of that thing. Let me say this as clearly as I can. Trying to protect, rescue, judge, manage the lives of those around you will crush you. It will. This is the problem. We're born to relationship. We're relational. We're called to relate to people. And so we will naturally be concerned about the people around us. But carrying the burden of their futures is too great a burden for us. At a certain point, we need to recognize what's Christ's to carry and what's ours to carry. It's not easy. And the truth is, even though we know that we should trust the Lord with this burden or that burden, the future of our children, the future of the things that we're invested in, the reality is this, because we love those things, we tend to pick them up anyway. We do. And folks, times get overwhelming when we begin to try to control the uncontrollable. It's true, when we try and control what we know we can't control, love compels us to try to control. And this is why some of us have no strength. This is why. Folks, when something is heavy enough, or when you've been carrying it long enough, the need to put it down can overtake the concern about where you put it down. Uh, let me explain. I uh, made a cup of tea a couple of, about two years ago down in the, uh, um, the cafe down in the church. Ben, actually, I think, I think both of you guys were there. Do you remember? Do you remember? I picked it up and it was my favorite herbal tea and I wanted to drink it. And, I picked, and, and a bit of it splashed onto my hand. And as soon as it splashed onto my hand, I, it was no longer about where I was going to put the cup down. 
I just had to put the cup down, right? I just had to get it out of my hand and actually spill the entire contents very deliberately of the cup just onto the ground. Because when, when something becomes too hard to carry, it doesn't matter about, you know, where we put it down. It just matters that we put it down. Folks, there can be a strain on our emotions, on our minds, and there's a tension between fear of what could happen if we put something down and fatigue, the reality that we need to put it down. How many of you have felt that way? I can't carry it any further, but I can't let it go. I can't carry it any further, but I can't let go of it. That's a tension. It's a real tension, folks. You know, I was in a conversation with a, a friend of mine recently and they told me a story. It was such a sad story. And it was about a, uh, a woman, actually, she was in her 20s uh, with a disability. And she was just dropped by her mother uh, at, at a Cork hospital. She just left there. And initially, you hear a story like that. And it's heartbreaking. And you say, well, how could the mom do that? How could the mom? You go there. But folks, think about what it must have been like for that mother to carry something that she loved to a point where she no longer had a capacity or a strength or a reserve to carry her own daughter, and so she put her down. But I want to say this. If tonight you've let go of some things, if you've had to put down something that you care about, letting go doesn't mean that we don't care. I'm speaking to some parents tonight. Maybe your kids aren't where you want them to be. Maybe you have to, you've had to take your hand off. A wise man once said, when they're young, tell uh, them about Jesus, your kids. When they're old, tell Jesus about them. There's a point where you have to take your hand off. And it doesn't mean that you don't care. Letting go doesn't mean we shut down. Letting go doesn't mean we stop trying. Let, what letting go does mean is that we stop trying to force outcomes. Amen? And stop trying to make people behave. It means we give up resistance to the way things are at the moment. It means we stop trying to do the impossible and control what we can't understand. And this poor woman, in her mind, it was the child was going to die. She thought it was the end. She could see no other outcome. And the truth is when our strength is gone, it's hard for us to see beyond the moment. That's where she was. But look at what she did. She didn't put him out of sight. She put him out of reach. I want to encourage you tonight, if you no longer have energy for that person or that relationship or that situation or that thing, just because you've had to let it go, just because you've had to take your hand off it, doesn't mean you've resigned your heart. Giving up or resigning your ability doesn't mean you've resigned your heart. Just because something is out of your hands doesn't mean it's out of your heart. Resigning your hands is not the same as resigning your heart. So resignation isn't always abandonment. She still loved her son. She just recognized that she couldn't do anything else for him. She realized that she couldn't turn her face from him, but she knew she had nothing more to give him other than her prayers and her tears. 
And I think we know what it's like to get to a point where we've got no more strength and we have to let something go. And the only thing we can give are prayers and tears. Just prayers and tears. That's all we can actually give. But folks, she didn't know it, but the act of releasing him from her hands became an invitation for resurrection power. Hallelujah. No, just me. That's amazing. It was an invitation for resurrection power. She did not know that the end of her strength was the beginning of his. Hallelujah. Are you tired? Are you at the end of yourself? Do you have no more strength left? The end of your strength is the beginning of his. Hallelujah tonight. Oh, there's grace coming, folks. Look, look at this. The scriptures say in a lot of the English translations that she put her son down. But in the King James Version, it, the, the language is cast her son. She cast her son. That's, to me, it immediately brought me to 1 Peter 5, 7 when I read that. Casting all your anxieties on him, all your burdens, because he cares for you. How many times have you heard that preached? Oh, if you would just cast your burdens. Oh, if you would just give the Lord what's burdening you, as if it's just a choice. But like we've just covered, when you love something, when you're invested in the outcome of something, it's not that easy to just give it away. Amen? It's not. You hold on to those things. But look at God's grace here, folks. Sometimes casting our burdens doesn't happen by choice. God knows we won't give it up if we think we can carry it. So he lets our strength disappear. He lets our strength get depleted. Folks, let's be real here. Sometimes it's more about fatigue than faith. It is. It's more about fatigue than faith. Oh, if only we had this big faith to just give God delinquent, delinquent children, to give God relationships that are here, there, and everywhere, to give God situations that, that we can't carry anymore. But because we're invested, we can't do it. So God in his grace lets our strength deplete. He lets the child get heavier and our strength, our water get lighter and lighter and lighter. She cast without knowing. She cast, she put her son down because she couldn't carry him anymore. Some of you think that because you've put something down, it's over. It's not over. Look at Genesis 21, verse 17. And God heard the voice of the boy. Praise the Lord. When her strength was gone and she put her boy down, when she couldn't go any further, when she'd reached the borders and the limits of her strength, God heard her voice. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, hallelujah, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Listen, folks, if you are tired and if you've put things down, relationships, whatever it is that you can no longer face or carry in your own strength, let me tell you this. You will encounter God 
at the point of resignation. Resignation, letting go, running out of strength, running out of energy is not the end. It's the beginning. It is an invitation for God to step in with his grace, his power, his compassion, his redeeming love, his tender mercy. God, when we can no longer function or act or move or fight, God steps in and says, this is perfect. Now I've got space to work. Hallelujah. Have you been hitting your head off a wall? The more you try, the more you fight, the worse it gets, the heavier the burden becomes. Let go. Don't be afraid. Don't, be, don't feel guilty. God knows, like Abraham said in Genesis a few chapters earlier, I'm but ash and dust, Lord. I am just ash and dust. Letting go, dropping is still casting. It's still casting. When the Lord showed me this, I was so happy. I was so delighted. Folks, even when it's more about frustration and fatigue than faith. See, we don't readily let go. We tend to carry what we care about until our strength is spent. And she let go, but she couldn't see the mighty hands ready to catch him. The everlasting arms. God's grace, folks, will catch what you can no longer carry. Let me show you. Look, it's, 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 you thought you were dropping it. You thought you were giving up. You thought you were throwing in the towel. You thought the end of your strength meant the end of the story. And yet God was underneath with underpinning love, catching what Hagar couldn't carry anymore. When her strength was gone, she discovered that she was underpinned by the strength of another. Or right now where you're sitting, what are the situations you don't have strength for anymore? What are they? What are the things you, you're done fighting for? What are the things you can't muster the energy to contend for? There is one whose love is underneath, catching what you can't carry. It's amazing. Deuteronomy 33 verse 27. The eternal God is your refuge and the, his everlasting arms are under you. Hallelujah tonight. Underneath are his everlasting arms. Praise God tonight. Elizabeth Elliot said, you are loved with an everlasting love. And underneath are the everlasting arms. She thought she was casting him under a bush. She couldn't see that it was on the Lord. It was unto the Lord, unto his compassion. He heard the boy where he was. God knows what's going on. You can't go any further with it. God is in it right now. He knows what's going on. God knows what you don't. God is still contending in a foreign land. Hallelujah. Those who've wandered, those who've strayed, those who are backslidden tonight. God is contending with what you care about because he cares for you. And you may not have handed it to him, but wrapped in a bow of, of faith. You may not have had a holier than thou moment when you handed God that thing that mattered to you. You might have just dropped it because you had no energy. God said, I'll take it anyway. It's still casting to me. It's still casting. I'll take it anyway. 
he saw a woman too weak to carry something she loved. She cast her son under a bush and the Almighty swept low to catch him. The Almighty swept low to catch what she couldn't carry. Hallelujah. Is your heart filling with confidence tonight? Or it's not about your strength. It was never about your strength. It was never about your ability. It was never about your endurance or your capacity to carry anything. It's about underpinning love. It's about the everlasting arms. We don't realize that when we drop what our strength will no longer allow us to carry, we're still casting our burdens. His everlasting arms are underneath. Our lives are underpinned by a love that reconciles, resurrects, and restores what is too much for us to carry. Charles Spurgeon said, God's mercy is so great that you may sooner drain the sea of its water or deprive the sun of its light or make space too narrow to diminish the mercy, the great mercy of God. Oh, you can't avoid it, folks. Am I the only one feeling good about this tonight? You can't avoid it. You can't avoid it. A grace that wraps its loving arms around your mistakes, your failures, and your inadequacies, and your lack of strength. A grace that will meet you where you are to catch what matters to you, because what matters to you matters to him. There might be a distance between you and the situation today, but there is no distance between God and the situation. He heard the boy's cries where he was, and the word to Hagar and to you and I tonight is this. Do not be afraid. It is far from over. What you didn't have the strength to carry, what you put down, I picked up. The Lord is in the situation. He's at work beyond the borders of your strength. Hagar, don't fear. Beloved, don't fear tonight. He's at work beyond the borders of your strength. Thank you, Lord. Why? It's right there in Genesis 21, 13. Verse 13 says this. And I will make God speaking to Abraham. I will make the nation, a nation out of the son of the slave woman also because he is your offspring. It's amazing. God is, God, there is grace tonight all because of promise. A promise you had no part in. A covenant you had no part in. God is a covenant-keeping, faithful God. And because of promises made, of which you were not a part, God will be faithful and will catch by grace what you have dropped because of your humanity. This is amazing. This is amazing. There are promises over your life, promises you went in the room for, and they're still touching your life. Things that promises that were made over your life, you weren't even there, and God is being faithful to them today to, to reach out and catch what you can't carry anymore. Let me say this, because we're going to get on to our two R's. Letting go, however it looks, activates grace in that situation. It's a wonderful reality. And there's two R's. The first R we're going to look at tonight is resurrection power. Resurrection power. And I'm going to look at as well at our free, uh, yeah, well, let's just look at this right now. Uh, there, folks, there is resurrection power at the point of resignation. Hallelujah. 
verse 21 of Genesis 21, 18, God says to um, Hagar, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand for I will make him into a great nation. I don't have time tonight to turn to Exodus chapter two, but I'm gonna bring you back. I'm gonna bring you forward uh, about 40 odd chapters uh, to the book of Exodus and to a woman who was living at a hostile time, a Hebrew in Egypt. And the Bible says she had a son whose name was Moses and he was a fair looking boy and she hid him for three months. And when, that, when she had no strength left, no ability left to hide him. The Bible says she put him in a basket and she placed him in the reeds. Hallelujah. Do you see it? Do you see the parallel? She placed him in the reeds. And then the Bible says uh, her daughter stood back and watched as the boy was in the reeds. Hallelujah. And what happened next? When she let go, the Bible says that Pharaoh's daughter was out in the Nile doing whatever she did in the Nile every morning. Hallelujah, all of a sudden sovereignty is taking control. All of a sudden favor and God is beginning to bring things to pass that she could never have done on her own. She could never have orchestrated this. She could never have made this happen. And sure enough, Pharaoh's daughter sees the boy. She opens the basket and instead of enacting her father's demands and decrees, which would be to kill a boy, she says, he's handsome. I'll have him. He can be my son. I just need somebody to wean him. All of a sudden, Moses' sister shows up and goes, I know someone, mom. And all of a sudden, the woman who thought her son would die gets her son back. And he goes from being a Hebrew fugitive to a prince. Come on, folks, that's resurrection power. She put her son, it was, she put her son into the current. It wasn't the Nile, the currents of the Nile. It was the current of grace and mercy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, she put that son down and God picked up that son and resurrection power began to work from death to life, death to life. There are two types of currents in the ocean, folks. Deep ocean currents and currents that go across the top of the water. Surface currents. Surface currents, you see them, obviously, they're on the surface. And the winds generate those currents. Winds are changeable. But deep underneath, there are deep ocean currents. Deep ocean currents are... Are, are, are generated by density, by water. And they move incredibly slowly, sometimes up to a thousand years to complete a cycle. But it's the deep ocean currents that actually control the temperatures of the world around us and, and the atmospheres around us and all of it. It's all to do with the currents that can't be seen, that move slowly and are all because of density. Now there's a word in the scriptures called glory and it means weight, hallelujah, it means density. So you can either look at the surface winds, that the surface waves and the 
appearance of what's happening, uh, the, the waves that hit your life that are controlled by the winds of your circumstances, or you can trust in the currents that are moving according to the glory that is in your life. The weight of glory, and it takes longer, it's invisible, but that's exactly what she put her trust in and what you and I must put our trust in when we let go of what we can no longer carry. She committed her son into the current of God's grace. The promise, woman, receive back your son. There was a woman in Nain who lost her son. The Bible says Jesus was at the funeral. Listen, one surefire way to ruin a funeral is to invite Jesus to it. He's, he never, he, he wasn't good at funerals. He couldn't abide death, you see. He couldn't abide death having a victory. He couldn't abide death winning the room. And so when that woman carried her son in that box, the Bible says in Luke 7, she was filled with, he, Jesus, was filled with compassion and he couldn't help himself. He walked toward what should have been dead, the boy who was in a dead situation, and he touched the box and the boy sat up. And that is exactly what this woman experienced. That's the grace of God. What you thought would die, God will resurrect to you. Hallelujah tonight. It's amazing. Hebrews 11.35 says, women receive back their dead by resurrection. Now, Pastor Nick's often preached actually from this verse, and I love how he unpacks it. He says that woman has to be the church, that the church received back their dead by resurrection. Oh, that situation might seem dead. That person, that relationship, just let go and let God see what he can do. There's a hymn by Hillsong United called Highlands. I call it a hymn because compared to what modern worship lyricists are putting out, it is a hymn. Amen. But there's a refrain and it goes like this. From the gravest of all valleys come the pastures we call grace. Listen, a mighty river flowing upward from a deep and empty grave. Glory to God. A river, a mighty river flowing upward, a current of grace flowing from the cross of Christ, making everything that was once dead live. Praise God tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And you know, when you look at the New Living Translation of that verse, verse 18, it says, go and comfort him, for I will make a great nation for his descendants. And I want to say this to you tonight. God allows here Hagar and us by proxy the capacity or the freedom to love rather than attempt to control. I'm freeing you to simply love that person. I want you to think about that. He says, comfort, go comfort the person because I'm going to bless his future. There was a sovereign hand at work. There was a sovereign hand already at work in the situation. God's hand controls the outcome, the future of the boy, so that your hand can comfort and love. And listen, that is freeing for somebody here. Maybe you're trying to, to get somebody where you think they need to be. You're trying to control somebody or something, a situation. Be freed from that tonight. God is controlling the outcome. Just love that person. Just love that person. And so I can love and not attempt to control 
because resurrection power will carry the child from death into promise. Praise the Lord tonight. My final line, my last point is this. It's revelation. So she experienced resurrection power, but there was also revelation. The Bible says that God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. Now, this is interesting. This is interesting because that well that she, she saw and that well is a picture of Jesus. And we're gonna to touch on that before we close tonight. But actually, uh, within Islam, within the Islamic religion, they recognize that well. And they call it Zamzam. And Zamzam translates as stop, stop. And even in the Islamic religion, they saw that well as a fountain of water that would never stop flowing that it would flow and flow and flow. The folks, this is the second well, the well of her strength that run out. And now there's another well that God opened her eyes to in the wilderness in, when her strength was gone. And it was a well that would never stop flowing. Folks, Jesus is that well. Hallelujah tonight. Jesus is the well that will never stop flowing. Jeremiah 12, 2, 11, Jesus refers to himself as what? The fountain or the wellspring of living water. Hallelujah. Hagar found living water when her strength was gone. Jesus in John 7 stood up at the end of that great feast in the temple and said, let all who are thirsty come and drink. He invited them to drink living water and that that living water would flow up out of them as a river even. Folks, Jesus is that well tonight. Jesus is that well. You've got no strength. You've got no ability. You're spent while resurrection power is flowing towards you. Take a drink. Take a drink. Drink it in. Be refreshed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Look, there are, there are properties tonight, just as we close, of living water, of Zamzam water. Zamzam water is available to drink and to buy. And there's a whole shtick about it having certain special properties. And I want to look at those properties tonight. And I want to look at them in the context or through the lens of living water because there's an invitation tonight for those whose strength is gone. Come and drink. Come and drink. Look at this. The first property of Zamzam water or living water is that it enhances energy levels in our cells. That's literally what it says on the website. I'll give you a link if you want. It is rich in calcium and magnesium, which reduces fatigue. That's amazing. Isn't that wonderful? This is on some secular website talking about Zamzam water, the water from Hagar's well. And look at it here. It reduces fatigue and the invitation for someone tonight is this. If you have no energy, if you have no strength, come and drink. Isaiah 40 verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Glory to God. They will soar on wings like eagles. What a picture of grace. Eagles don't flap. Eagles don't strive. 
Eagles let the currents of air lift them up to higher heights that they could ever go on their own. There is nothing more majestic than a Christian resting in grace. There's nothing more majestic than a Christian in stride. Trusting, resting, hallelujah. He will do what you cannot do on your own. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run, look at this, for those who are fatiguing, they will run and not grow weary. Hallelujah. Break into the supernatural. They will walk and not be faint. Glory to God tonight. The second attribute of Zamzam water is that it's known for its purity. It contains no germs or bacteria. You know, if you've been contaminated by resentment, by bitterness, by rejection, by hurt, if you're struggling with sin or failure, come and drink. Funny, when our strength is gone, we, we can make questionable choices. Amen, or is it just me? Yeah, when our strength is gone, we tend to act, and it's not always great, but the invitation is come and drink. Ephesians 5, 26, the Bible says, speaking of the bride, Jesus will make her holy and clean by washing her by the cleansing of God's word. Praise the Lord. Ultimately, this is all pointing back to the word where we find our strength. The ministry of the Spirit, like we prayed at the beginning of this message, is that he would illuminate the word, that we would drink and find strength here again. The last attribute I'm going to touch on tonight is this. Zamzam water encourages the growth of healthy bones. Because, because of Zamzam water's abundance of calcium, the water positively affects the human body, especially the bones as they absorb the vitamins and benefit from them for better growth. Do you know, the more I thought about this, the more I thought about the passage that says, let the word of God dwell richly in you. In Isaiah 58 verse 11, it says, and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. Hallelujah. Are you looking for stability tonight? Inner strength. Are you looking for that tonight? It's right here. Living water. That stability, that security. God will satisfy your desires in the scorched places, in the difficult places, and you will be like a watered garden. Hallelujah. Watered with Zamzam water. I should be sponsored. I, I have no sponsorship deal, I promise you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Proverbs 15:30. Good news refreshes the bones. The gospel, the gospel of living water, the gospel of grace and kindness the gospel of mercy, the gospel of underpinning love will strengthen your bones when your strength is gone. Hallelujah tonight. And in closing, the Bible says, Genesis 21, 20, the boy, God was with the boy, according to promise, and he grew up and he lived in the wilderness and he became an expert with a bow. God provided a future for that boy according to his faithfulness, according to covenant promise. And God will fulfill the promises he has made over the things that you care about, even when you don't have the strength to contend or carry or fight for them yourselves. 
He lived in the wilderness of Paran and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. Tonight, I want to pray and close. Would, would you close your eyes with me? I pray that this has encouraged somebody, helped somebody, spoken to somebody tonight. Simple call. Come out of guilt and come out of fear. Your strength might be gone, but God is at work. God is able. God is working according to promise. God will, will do it. There is an undercurrent of grace. It's moving slowly. It's imperceptible, but it will reconcile all things to the plan, the counsel of God's, of, of God's will. He'll do it. There is a love that's underpinning your life. Do you sense it tonight? God will do it. God will touch and contend for what you no longer have the strength to contend for. Come into resurrection power. Come into revelation tonight. God is your strength. God is your source. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the people in front of me, the people who've been watching online. My prayer tonight is that they would drink and find strength again in the name of Jesus. My prayer tonight, Lord, is that they wouldn't lose heart because they had to put down or cast what they could no longer carry. Help them see, Lord, that your grace is such that even when we drop what we can't carry, you will take it as casting and you will still act because of your graciousness. God bless the people tonight. Oh, I pray that they would get, give them evidence tonight that you have heard the boy where he is, that you have heard the cries of the boy where he is. Give people evidence tonight that you are at work in the things that they can no longer fight for themselves. I pray it in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. Thank you, Lord, that there is an invitation to drink and find strength. Bless you tonight. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Bless the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.